0: For the past few days, America has been embroiled in a vicious debate about racism, primarily spurned by many of the things that President Trump has said, but more recently, his comments about four congresswomen. One of the challenges, I've seen many problems with this discussion on, on television and in social media spaces and, and everywhere else, and it just frustrates me as somebody who does this work as relates to ending racism, as relates to diversity and inclusion, one of the challenges I have is that the reason why so many people are are yelling and shouting at each other is because most Americans don't know what racism is, particularly if they haven't experienced it. We don't have the language to really use to to dissect the conversation, so everybody just gets into a shouting match. They can't even break down the different language about the difference between, say, prejudice versus racism, right? And so, This is what we get when we have a country that can't critically think about issues of race. And then I look at the journalists who don't have a strong... These journalists out here, quite honestly, I feel like every journalist should take a course in racism. And what, and what racism actually means. Because they don't know how to ask the proper follow-up questions, whether they're talking to President Trump, whether they're talking to uh, eight women who, who are responding to Trump's tweets, or whether they're talking to people on the streets or in schools. They have a set of questions that they ask regarding it. And if anyone goes beyond that, they get stumped. So let's just talk about some of these basic ideas so we can kind of get a little, people are saying we need to start a conversation on race. Conversations of race have been going on in this country. It's just a question of whether people other people want to decide to join it. Or whether people like Trump want to just shatter it by just openly coming out through a racist language and have people flock to defend him and, and, and make mocking comments like, oh, having white people say, Oh yeah, I'm a person of color, or yeah, I've been told to go back to this and go back to that. People making a mockery of it, people make mockery of things because they don't understand it and they want to deflect. So can we start to break down some of the language, for example? Let's talk about prejudice, right? When we talk about prejudice, we just mean prejudging. You prejudge everybody. We all do it. The less we more about. Donna Ford said, "The less we know about each other, the more we make up." We all do it. We make up our minds quickly and we change them slowly. When we get to racism, I like the simple Joe Madison definition: prejudice plus power equals racism. So yeah, I can hate. White people, for example, of course I don't. But when I step, but if I don't have the power to do anything to them, I can only have prejudice towards them. Once I start to say you can't have this job because you're white, or you're my student because and because you're one of my white students, me being a professor, I'm not. I'm going to make sure you don't get an an A in my class. Then I'm exercising racism because I'm singling them out. And then of course we take it to a larger level, and then we start talking about institutionalized racism. Have you ever even heard that conversation? That that word, that term. on on the news. People can't even separate when we're talking about how institutions like the government have worked to keep people of particular races down. Again, conversations that people can't have, but let's also introduce the concept of what Dr. Ibram Kendi mentioned with, with a racist idea. So many people may not necessarily be racist, but they have racist ideas. He talks about, for example, basically the way the logic would go is that if you see black people and you're not a black person and you start worrying about whether they might rob you, that is a racist idea. See, a racist idea can be challenged. Somebody who's racist might be hard to deal with, but so you can challenge that because if you stop and think, that's an idea. Where did I get that idea from? Oh, my grandfather taught me that blah, 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 blah. You can change that idea with exposure. But somebody who is complete racist needs a lot more. We talk about George Wallace getting shot and then, you know, seeing the light, right? Those types of things. Or having experiences when you get more exposure to other people. At the end of the day, America is dooming itself right now because we don't know about racism in terms of how to define it. We don't know what it is unless we've actually definitely experienced it. And, and I'm quoting Joe Madison again, for many black people in America racism is a kitchen table issue so and and it's not to say that every black person knows how to talk about racism exactly knows but the fact of the matter is people who have experience they know they, they, they know. They, they feel it. And a lot of people are on television now talking about something they haven't experienced because of their privilege. And all privilege is, is the ability to not have to speak about something because it doesn't affect you. Me being a man in America, I've been told that I can't get a particular job. I've been told that I can't get a particular job because uh, they need to hire more women. So, yeah, that's a form of discrimination towards me because of my gender. But would I ever say that I have experienced discrimination because of my gender? So now I know what it's like as a woman to... No. Well, not if I want to be taken seriously, but a lot of cats don't care about being taken seriously. But that's the thing. We go into these little snippets and, 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 and thoughts about different particular particular. Then we say, oh, I've experienced it, too, and completely minimize other people's experiences. That's what's going on right now. People are minimizing the experiences of these four congresswomen. Not only are they doing that, they're putting a squad, they're, they're putting a, a target on their back. They're putting they're, they're marking them. And, and, and that's very scary. And people don't want to t- a lot of people don't want to talk about that because we're too busy going back and forth about racism, having these circular conversations about something many of the people who you're seeing on television know nothing about. And these television shows with their paid commentators who talk about everything from Black Lives Matter to North Korea, you're doing us a disservice. You're doing us a serious disservice because you're 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 debasing something that maybe you need to go back and read a couple of books on. Maybe go talk to some some academics on. Maybe bring up more more scholars on television. Imagine that, so we can start getting some real ideas and some real conversations going that are based in actual fact, as opposed to just people just throwing out racism and then everybody getting mad and saying you're racist, you're racist, you're racist. We are losing right now. President Trump is winning because, as he said, he loves poorly educated people, and he's taking advantage of America's poor education as it relates to us not being taught history, and more and almost as important, or equally as important, many of us not learning how to think critically. For example, President Trump is at his rally in North Carolina, and people are yelling out the term co- uh, "communist," calling these four congress. I'm not calling them the squad, by the way. I feel like it's disrespectful. I know they embrace it, but I, and I feel like it's too close to, to 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 referring them to a gang before we know it. And and I'm just not messing with it. I know people like Jesse Waters already talking about, oh, he'll hold his wallet. Why? Because what the squad is a gang that are robbed. I'm not. I'm just not feeling that. I, I feel like they deserve more respect, even though they embrace the term. But as I was saying. Critical thinking would help you understand something. President Trump at the rally, people like some of these other senators are out there calling these women communists. But the fact of the matter is President Trump is friends with the three or top communist countries on the planet. China, North Korea, and Russia. That's like a simple, logical connection to make, but people don't wanna do that because we don't learn how to think critically. Whether you love him or hate him is irrelevant, but facts matter. Let's add another point in there. People are talking about Oh, Congresswoman Omar being anti-Semitic and how she hates America. But at the same time, President Trump called the people who protested and killed people in Charlottesville, those Nazis, those neo-Nazis, those racists, and those Confederate supporting individuals, Call them good and fine people. But last time I checked, critically thinking, you don't even have to critically think. Just watch a video. You're walking down the street saying Jews will not replace us. What's more anti-Semitic than that? But these are the people who President Trump's embracing. if we critically thought, we can just see those discrepancies and be able to, to call them out. So I'm concerned for this country because we're heading towards something that could be very beautiful. We get our minds right and start thinking or something very dangerous. We know that President Trump can't function unless he has an enemy to target. Hillary Clinton, Ilan Omar, black folks, whoever it is, people who are in poor neighborhoods, immigrants. That's not leadership, by the way. That's somebody who's insecure in what they're doing. But what are the rest of us gonna do? What are we gonna do about it? We gotta start educating ourselves. We gotta start engaging in civil conversations because our politicians can't do that. They're throwing out gavels, giving up on votes, walking out, having things struck from the record so people can't mention racism for 24 hours or some type of nonsense. We can't expect the leaders to lead us on this, so-called leaders. We can't expect our journalists to do it. We gotta do the work. And if we can do the work, If the people lead, the leaders will follow. And so stop looking for intelligent conversations and debates about racism to happen from these networks that are only interested in getting reaction, that are more reactive than they are proactive. It's not going to work. We are going backwards because people don't understand our history. We have to do more reading. We have to do more. We have to speak to our elders, which is, brings me to another point about this whole thing about pass the torch, pass the torch. It's time to move on. Are you going to tell John Lewis to pass the torch now he's having these conversations about racism? I think he has something to say. People have things to teach us, and you never see people in the Republican Party talking about pass the torch. We want to get on with this generational divide, which is how slavery continues to manifest. That's how you make slaves in America in, in 2019. So I'm talking about this today because I'm asking all of us. To dig deeper. I'm I'm asking all of us to do a little bit more as it relates to what it means to be an upstander, not a bystander. Too many of us are watching these things happen and not really getting involved in the game. And now we have this situation where we haven't realized that it's actually not a game. This is real. This is serious. And we owe it to the people who came before us to do more, to educate ourselves, to make ourselves more aware about these issues and these challenges. And if we can do that, maybe we can have a more cohesive, a more uh, a stronger conversation on race based on integrity, based on making this country as good as it's promised. But right now, people in the media, our politicians, they're playing games with something that's very real. It's very real. But I believe that if we the people stand up and speak up, and now, and more importantly than speaking up, which is extremely important, but speak to each other, we can show them how it's supposed to be done, because we're not going to get it from our leadership. Starting at the very top with the president who needs division in order to lead. And what is he leading us to? That's for you to decide. Think about it. Peace. This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.